Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Trio of Positivity Podcast. We appreciate you joining us today. You guys know this is a podcast where we skim the Chicago landscape to bring some positivity into your lives. It has been tough to come lately, but hey, maybe today will be a difference. I'm your host, Boopin, joined by my co-hosts, Positive Brigade members. Drum roll, please. Miller and Chris. What's up, boys? Hey, if you have problems coming, I'm sure we can get that resolved right away, too. Whoa. Whoa. That was a shot out of the gate. Not an advertiser? I heard come. I heard come. So. Not, not an advertiser? Hashtag advertiser? No, hashtag blue chew, hashtag whatever. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome. It's not like this is our second or third attempt at recording stuff. How do you always say that? Because it's fun. <laughs> you I know, want everyone to know that every, anyone can do this. Anyone can do it. You know, yeah. they just won't be as good as us. Uh, <laughs> this show is already off to great start. I love it. I love it. It's been a couple of days since we hung out together, so you know it makes sense. Yeah, it's actually a trio, isn't that something? Yeah, uh, the trio is back. We are back with a full episode. We have a, lots of fun stuff to talk about today. I actually think it will be a fun episode today. Uh, before we get started, quick plug on the socials. You can find us on Facebook under Trio Positivity Podcast. And at Twitter, we are at Trio Positivity. With that being said, in today's episode, boys and girls, we are going to give you our thoughts on Madhouse as Madison. We are calling that the new stop now because, you know, Bulls, Blackhawks play there. We'll... Miller will talk about the NFL trade deadline uh, review. Uh, we will cover our fantasy segment, the weekly fantasy segment by yours truly, and close it up with the Bears at Saints. Look ahead, Saints. Look ahead, um, boys and girls. I'm excited to find some positivity. You guys ready? Yeah, baby. As All ready right. as I think we'll be. All right, C- CJ, Chris, let's kick it off. You tell us. <laughs> CJ. New, what is that? You've been new gone pro- for a while, brother. <laughs> new, new producer, right? Oh, new producer. Yeah. We have another uh, by the way, I, we I figured we were not going to start with that. Uh, so I will do a, a, a little plug here because uh, we want to thank everyone that has supported the podcast. We are very happy to say that we reached a milestone that I honestly did not think I would get to with these fuckers. Um, we have over 20 episodes, I think over 30 with the recaps that we've done. And we have reached, pat- we have surpassed a thousand plays. So to those, to those thousand listeners or a thousand listens from our friends and family, we apologize for the headaches that we've given you. We apologize for all the misinformation Miller has given, but we do want to thank you guys for your support. The reviews on uh, Apple and Spotify, they help us out. Uh, we've actually seen some growth in the podcast. So wanted to get that out of the way, but I want to take us to the Madhouse on Madison update. We will be giving updates for the blackhawks and we'll, we'll kind of it'll be quick it's kind of just to give you guys a recap and then if we hear something uh that something somebody wants to say we're gonna go ahead and uh and get going with that so 
The Blackhawks are going to start first. Uh, they're currently eighth in the standings in the western side of the Central Division. They're currently three and six. After these first couple games, uh, I did find one big positive, and it was that they beat the defending champions in overtime on 10-27. However, that positive went straight down to the shitter because then the following day or the following game, which was on 10-30, they played against the Coyotes. And they dropped eight to one, which I have now said that that's the biggest negative so far. However, we knew that this season was going to be a hurdle. We really care about Mr. Bedard. And fun fact, Bedard became the youngest NHL player, according to my notes, to score a goal in the first 30 seconds of a game. And that happens with the Coyotes. Nice. I don't think nice. that's accurate. I believe the correct historical stat is he is the youngest player. To... He scored You're a correct goal earliest you than everybody else, and he's the youngest. Okay, so I don't think me... it has anything to do with 30 seconds. I think he's uh, just the youngest player let to me score a goal. Go ahead. See, this is why we have an agenda that I always work so hard in and these guys struggle with. Um, so Chris, your work We are going to go ahead and say... According to totally ESPN say. stats and info, Bedard is now the youngest player in NHL history to score a goal in the first 30 seconds of a game. Thank you very much. You are incorrect. And we move on because Miller is wrong. Just, and that is I'm just trying counter. to give you kudos. I'm just trying to give you kudos before I destroy you later in the episode. That's right. right. Um, I, I do want to say um, there is some positivity in the air in Chicago. Like people are talking hockey. You know, like general conversations, like people are bringing up hockey, which is really good to see. I don't think we have had that that much like buzz about the Blackhawks in since probably they won the cup a couple times. So that's been the positive spirit that I've seen. Thank you yeah, for the Bedard, update, Chris. Bedard has six points on the year, so props to him. He did get the lone goal in the Arizona loss, slaughter, if you will. Slaughter. Yeah, it's exciting stuff, man. So moving on to their uh, fellow neighbors, um, we actually have some basketball news to kind of get into. The Chicago Bulls are now two and two, and they are on ninth in the Eastern Conference standings. The biggest positive that I was able to find at the moment is that they're currently ranked third in steals. What an awesome stat to be bragging about! Yeah, it, now they were zero and two. Were they in, in zero and two? Huh? They were 0 and 2, so they've won two in a row, I guess. No, they were no. 1 1 1. They were 1, one. yeah, yeah. Um, so, in doing research, because I always work on the agenda, um, I noticed that the Bulls had allowed over 100 points per game. And that was going to be my biggest negative. But then I actually took notice and I wanted to ask you guys um, it looks like every team in the NBA this early has allowed over 100 points on average. Um, which is kind of different than what I'm used to seeing in the Eastern Conference. The Eastern Conference, I was always used to seeing games like 80 to 90. Um, and the West was always 110, 120, uh, something along those lines where the East was really proud of the defense. But I thought that was a nice little tidbit. Uh, Miller's shaking his head. I guess you already knew that they everyone scored 100 points or something. Obviously. I know everything. And but they haven't they haven't played defense in this league in probably five or six years, which is a reason why I've gone away from it. I figured you'd say defense. that 
I figured you'd say that because we are going to be in a very argumentative mood, but we please know that we do love each other. You are wrong again. The actual average has gone up over the past five years. It was actually in the late 90s or back 90s, so like 97, 98 was the average in the East. So, hey, dude, those what were good the fuck years. did you just say? Can you repeat yourself? The, you a, the average points averages. scored, average points scored in the East was ninety-eight. I have to find the link, but I did uh, five years ago. The East only averaged about ninety-eight points per game as a whole. So didn't I just say that? Didn't I just say that it's been going up for like the past five years? You're still wrong. Anyway, <laughs> the more important thing that I want to talk to you guys about is. Uh, the in-season tournament is going to start, and while I don't really care too much about it, I am. In, I did see one thing that kind of caught my attention. They actually did a reveal of what the court is going to look like, which I thought the court was just going to be the same. But uh wanted to get your guys' opinion. That is the court that is going to be done for the in-season tournament at the United Center. Um, I have a positivity score on this. <laughs> okay, can we just take a second? Uh, yeah, I thought the in-season tournament was happening in Vegas. No, that's the finals. Oh, this shit's confusing. Shit's more confusing than the NBA finals. Jesus. No, it's actually if you follow soccer, which I thought you did, but obviously, <laughs> clearly, you don't. Um, the, it's well, the same. Expert. Like you do change, you, you do change the outline. Like so, in Europe, when they do the Champions League. They don't have the, your traditional advisors or not advisors, their ads on the field or, or on the tickers. The UEFA has their own that gets placed. And also before the game starts, the UEFA song plays and there's like the bunch of the soccer with the stars in the middle. So that they're kind of trying to replicate that. Um, the this There are some other designs out there. Wanted to see what you guys actually thought of this and give it a positivity score of how positive the actual trophy. That is the actual trophy. Okay, I'm ready. You want okay. me to start? Yes. Uh, Miller, why don't you go ahead and uh, give us a positivity score? Ooh, cheesy as fuck. Okay. I have a fucking trophy on there looking like a fucking... Oh, we're going to have it on, the, on each basket and in the middle of the court. Fucking ugly ass shit. Wow. Okay. Booping. Wow. Wow. That was Miller's hating today. He's very I, much hating. I like it. Like, I, I thought they were, like, trying to do the NCAA thing, right? The tournament, like... Gets lots of views and stuff like that. I like it. I'll give it a six. Jeez. I think Boopin and I are kind of on the same thing. I used to remember back in the day where the the Larry O'Brien trophy used to be in the middle for the NBA Finals, and I love that design. So I I'm feel not, like they kind I'm of brought it back. I'm not discounting that. I like. I that. just. But you're gonna I, have it on both ends of the floor too. You're uh, gonna have it I can see basket. that. I, I can see that being a. I can see that being a little. I can see that being a little cheesy. Um, the one okay, negative I'm that I have. Good. The one negative that I have is too much red. It's way too much red. Um, I think that's I, on purpose, though, right? Like, I like yeah, I, I just don't. See, like I don't mind red. that part. I just think it's they—they have the trophy in three I'm, fucking places. Like, we get it. It's, I'm just trying even to the championship. Okay. Get get over yourself. This tournament people, still means nothing. People, I do have a question though. So, is it like another floor mm. laid on top of the current floor, or is it a brand new floor altogether? It would be a brand new floor altogether. For a game, uh, uh, I well, I mean, for this much red, I would assume so. Like, to, because because it goes underneath the ice already. So are they building up another floor that goes on, on top of the ice? Uh, on top of the ice. Point yeah. Yeah. 
like yeah, it's incredible. Lots of red. I know that's why I was asking. Too, but, huh? Interesting. So Chris, with that being said, your, uh, it's a six. Score? I think if they brought back a little bit more white, like us, another thing too, the logo is just white for the the Bulls. Like, yeah, that's pretty shitty considering like it's a it's a f- iconic franchise. Yeah, like, yeah. So, so like, you're gonna take away the red. Yeah, uh, that to me is what kind of kind of did not do it for me. So seems like my two scores right on the mark. I said, well, know. the night is young. The night is young. Um, and the glasses are but, full. <laughs> yeah. So with that, I'm gonna turn it back to Boopin because that was our update in the Madhouse at Madison. Yeah, lovely. Looking forward to what that changes mean for NBA, for our experience as fans. Um, you know, they fucking aren't doing much in the regular season, so maybe they'll do something in this tournament. Um, coming up next, we we have uh, Miller um, talking about the trade deadline, which, uh, you know, wasn't as big names moved, but definitely some big movements out there, some big movements out there uh miller what you got for us yeah just two huge defensive ends get moved but no no big names guys no big names removed we're good a two-time all-star safety got moved nope we're good no big names moved guys we're good let's just move on come on bro get with the fucking it was not mccaffrey okay it was not mccaffrey is what i'm saying i said it it's not McCaffrey. We Kevin, got spoiled after last Kevin Byard is a freaking two-time all-star. You're going to sit there and think it's nothing? Like, McCaffrey's a it. Hall of Famer. Come talk to me when that Okay, happens. why don't you go be wow. a 49ers fan? Jesus. Why is it picking me? I, I want to show you guys. Okay, but... okay. Stop talking, everybody. It's Miller's turn here. All right. So we have some big news on the trade front, including our favorite Chicago Bears getting their own defensive end in a trade. We're going to save that segment for last because it's going to be a beautiful discussion that I am excited for. Yes. But some other big news that happened um, on the trade deadline, uh, at least the biggest ones probably coming with our, our team up North with the Vikings. Uh, They got a trade for Dobbs out of Arizona. So they got that quarterback that may lead their team. We don't know yet because the rookie is going to be starting this week, but um, he is could be their quarterback for the foreseeable future. Pair him with JJ and uh, Addison, and damn, I'm scared. Uh, but a little confusing because they traded away their best offensive lineman in Ezra Cleveland. Uh, so he got traded to the Jaguars. So they brought in a quarterback and traded a good lineman. So who knows what the fucking Vikings are doing? They're being the Vikings, apparently. Um, Packers surprised a lot of people, including their fans, by sending off Rasul Douglas to the Bills. They kind of did a fit, or they got Douglas uh, and a fifth and got a third back. So they kind of did a swap there. The Lions, the big teams in the north, they got Donovan People Jones. He is going to be um, another wide receiver for that team. Other than that, there was a little, some other pieces floated in there. Like I mentioned earlier, the Eagles got Kevin. I think it's Baird. Uh, He's a safety, but that was early. Seattle got Leonard Williams. That was, I believe, a day before the the deadlines. That was a big trade um, with the with the Giants. So, despite the moronic statement of saying that nobody big got moved, there were quite a few big name players that did get moved uh, on the defensive end. Now on the offensive front, 
his point could stand. We we uh, hypothesized about maybe some running backs getting moves, some wide receivers getting moves. None of that really happened, which was a little surprising. Denver, I feel like they dropped the ball. I don't know if they got all cocky because they beat the Chiefs one time, but um, they didn't make any moves at all, so they're sticking with their guns, which is a little weird. Um, but I want your opinion. Again, we're going to be covering – um, the big moves out of Washington in a second, but I want your opinion on who do you feel like is the biggest loser from this trade deadline? For me, I feel like it's the D- Detroit Lions. Yes, they got another wide receiver, but I don't think that was their biggest need. I feel like they needed another defensive line help to go with Hutchinson. And you look at the Eagles, you look at Seattle, and you look at the Niners, they all improved, but the Lions didn't. So what about you guys? What do you think is the biggest loser from this trade deadline? Um, I would say Denver. You brought it up. Um, I would like to think they're not going anywhere this season, and they have talent all over the roster, uh, especially on the offensive side. I thought some of those pieces would be moved. They gave away a ton of picks to get Russell Wilson too. I thought that would be a good way for them to recoup some of that picks. So them not doing anything. Uh, they did move a couple of people before, I think, a couple of weeks prior on the defensive side, but I don't think any big names, especially on the offensive side, I definitely think they're losers, in my opinion. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like the Commanders are going to be a interesting team to watch in the next couple of years, but um, it does look like they're kind of setting up for the next coach or the next GM to be. Let's prepared. talk so about the say, team we haven't talked about. Thanks, appreciate that. It's fucking I thirty-one mean, other teams that you could talk about, but yeah, sure, let's talk about them. I mean, it's true though that they've they made the most deals. They obviously I don't made think they're one the losers. With, they got I, good draft I, capital back. I think they got good draft capital, but at the start of the season, that they had some decent expectations. I wouldn't say they had high expectations, but they had oh, decent expectations. Okay, you can stop talking you, now. You, okay, with the new owners, are you about... kidding me? They did not. Who, this. Who's the quarterback? Fire today. They sold. They've sold who's more tickets. They've sold more tickets this year who's than the previous year. Doesn't Sam fucking Howell. matter. I'm not a. I'm not a Commanders okay. fan. Okay, exactly. They have no. You didn't know their quarterback's name. They did not. Who's have their kicker? Oh, I should know this. It was Cairo a few years. Oh, ago. Oh, it's not. So fuck you. Go ahead. Yeah, Keep you going. Don't know either. But like, they did not have very high expectations. They were projected to be the worst in the division. But let's fast forward to where we are today and what happened. Like I mentioned, or like Chris mentioned, the Commanders made some moves. So in the off season, if you remember Darren Payne, he was a big free agent coming out of Washington. He was a highly sought after in the off season. They did manage to sign him back on the line. But with that being said, that left two guys, Martez Sweat and Chase Young unsigned on that studly young defensive line. So what they did, those two guys were on expiring contracts. So they proceeded to trade them off. Chase Young going to the 49ers for a conditional third round pick and Sweat coming to your Chicago Bears. So we got two of those guys. So Washington kind of got rid of both of them. It was a little surprised that they got rid of both of them, but they knew that at least one was going because we figured that they wouldn't be able to pay both of them. So they were able to spin those off for draft picks, kind of resetting like Chris did talk about with the new ownership, trying to do a little bit of a reset there. 
But you're still wrong. It's just a stupid point. They have expectations. You just repeated the point. Oh, God. They didn't have Keep expectations. Going. But. Hold on. The... My ears are bleeding because of how wrong you are. But go ahead. <laughs> so the big names, both of those were moved. So, boys. The bo- the Bears got Montez Sweat. Defensive end for the Commanders. How you feeling? Wait, we are actually going to talk about this now? Yeah. Okay, so we're not following the agenda, but that, okay. We are following the agenda. I literally told you before that we're going to start with the, <laughs> the trade, and then we're going to end with um, the trade. Actually, hey, I kind of... talk about the agenda, Miller. Yeah, okay. that's not... You don't even work on the agenda, Miller. But um, <laughs> No, but see, I, before, honestly, I do want to hear your opinion first, because the we do have we always mention okay let's do something different podcast. let's do something different let's do yeah. something different i don't think we're both we're all cocky pieces of shit so i don't think this is gonna matter but everybody give a positivity score on the trade as it stands right now no extension i'll start i'm gonna give it a six i was thinking a six too i was thinking seven you're giving it a seven I'm kind of giving it a seven, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I thought we were going to disagree on this, I guess. We might be I, so, okay. Let me get this piece out because I think this is where a lot of us in the in the chat group that we have is uh, valuing the draft pick that was given. And I think we had this discussion. Actually, we had this discussion when we were talking about Claypool, but before we started a podcast, didn't we? We I talked about so. what yeah. polls is valuing a number two pick, and we were all over the place. And we all said that if this is a bust, which turned out to be a bust, I thought, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, because most of the time I'm not, but I thought we all said that because we had the extra two and polls didn't necessarily need to do anything with it at that moment because obviously the second draft pick gets paid more, blah, blah, blah. That we would have been okay if, since it was a quote-unquote project. Can am I am I correct in that? I don't remember necessarily. Okay. So I know I know we we I for one can speak for myself. I I don't like talking about this trade because it was a disaster. But I did support it that time because the theory was we weren't going to get a wide receiver most likely in the draft. The draft wide receivers weren't elite, so we took a chance here. I supported it. Obviously, fell flat in its face. Um, because of things that we don't know everything that went behind it. Um, but with this move, I am, although I gave it a six, I am very excited about it. We've been hearing a lot of good things. The issue with it is when you compare the Montez sweat trade with the chase young trade, the chase young trade went for a conditional third and the Montez sweat went for a top second right because right now the bears are projected to be have the 35th pick in the uh, as their second so it's a top second so that's almost two rounds of difference in 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 talent so that is the concern that has been talked about throughout chicago land in these last two days now i want to throw some things out here to kind of settle our listeners because there is that drastic thing and and realistically a lot of the talk was about Chase Young, not Montez Sweat, which was kind of interesting. Uh, I think that has a lot to do with the name and Chase Young being the number two overall pick a few years ago. But just keep in mind that Chase Young 
hasn't played a full season since his rookie year, and he's on an expiring contract. He tore his ACL in 2021, and he played three games last year. I don't believe he got a sack. So he has about five sacks this year, so he's kind of bouncing back, but he does not have knees. <laughs> he has a torn ACL in one, and he I think his meniscus got took out in the other. So he does not have knees. So when you're evaluating picks, like I think Chris was getting to, one one stat that came out that has been talking is the success rate of a second-round pick, specifically a top 10, top 5 in that second round. So basically, it was determined by Bears staff as well as other executives. It's come out that they give it about a 40% chance of drafting a good player at with that pick. So what, whether you like it or not, what our, what Poles is doing is he's seeing that and he's saying, if I can trade this and get a good player out of the gate, then I negate that additional 60%. So that's what he's doing. Whether it's right or wrong, whether you agree with it or not, that's the kind of the logic behind that. Now, it obviously backfired horribly with Chase Claypool, but... There's one one note. The other note is the response out of Washington. I was listening to uh, some radio shows, specifically ones in the Washington area, and many of the fans before Chase Young got traded were calling in and complaining about the fact that they got rid of Sweat rather than Young, which I thought was kind of beneficial to us. Multiple people called in and said, I don't understand this trade. Why are we getting rid of sweat? And then you have multiple people within the organization praise the guy. We did not experience that with Chase. Uh, it was like immediately out of the gate. They came out and just started attacking him, Pittsburgh, and saying how poor he was and blah, blah, blah. So I think that changes a few things. I'll let you guys interject with any of your opinions as well. Uh, Boobin, you want to kind of get some points in here? Yes, sir. Uh, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to speak. You're, you're welcome. Yeah. Uh, Jesus Christ, that was a long monologue. If I forgot what I want to say, I play for you. Ladies but... and gentlemen, you have been now appointed the Miller log. You're welcome. I have like three more points. I can still keep going. I was prepared no, for no, battle. Please, hey, can, can, we, can we mute him for a minute? But um, here's what I've heard, right? Miller, what you said, I concur with that a lot. But what I've heard is... Uh, the the draft difference is there's two things in play. One, there's a very good chance 49ers will not sign uh, Young. They cannot, I think, phys- like cap space wise afford to. They already have invested a lot on their defense. That was one. The other thing is just the player he is. He's supposedly doesn't follow the system very well. May, tries to make hero plays a lot. So like he does instead of trying to do what he does and the other p- people playing around him. He tries to go out and make that hero play a lot. And so that's why he was a liability at times. I'm not saying discounting who he is, what is talented, but his knock was versus sweat was he's not a systems guy, doesn't do what the team wants him to do, tries to make hero plays was the only two things. Why I think the draft picks were like slightly different, in my opinion. And there's a lot of conversations that happen during these trades, right? We are not privy to most of them. But I would like to think that Pace, in some level, Pulse. probably understands. Polls. 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 Ryan guy. Um, um, in some level, knows that he will resign. That's why he gave a high pick. But again, 
my positive e6 just to justify it was more about um uh, Jalen Johnson too the fact that we didn't trade him and with sweat coming back maybe we can show him that we're investing in this defense and we're going to be better that was my positive rating of six there too I rest my case so I just want to clarify something you're giving a positivity score of a six because we didn't trade someone else I'm giving that because what it represents, right? So no then one in expected... general, though, but in general, though, what of the actual move of the trade, what score do you give it? I, I still give it a six. But I'm give it a, okay, I just to... I just wanted to clarify that part. I, what I'm saying is the way we felt about the team, right? The defense, like we shocked McCaff, uh, whatever that guy is, McCaff, the kicker guy. Um he was shocked that we made a move, even though it was rumored that we would make a move. But he was like, interesting move from the Bears. Like, you know, because, again, we are bottom of the pack. We're not expected to do oh, that. Well. McAfee, is that what you're talking about? Yes, McAfee. Matt McAfee. But, yeah, that guy was shocked that we made a move. And <laughs> it was a shocking move. We are, like, bottom. We're the worst team in NFC North right now. And then we made a move. But I'm hoping it's forward thinking. It's like, um, like Miller said, in free agency, we would not get this level of talent for a second round pick. So it's it's slightly a gamble, especially if it doesn't resign, it looks really bad. But for now, I, I feel positive about this move. So um, I'm giving it a seven. And the only reason I'm giving it a seven is because I believe that the resign will happen. If the resign doesn't happen, and I know Miller, we were talking about not doing the trade and that is really what's going to be very important at this moment you at jackass. this moment but i honestly agree with boopin where i think there must have been some kind of communication or some discussion of saying like hey this is what we're going to build in chicago do you want to be a part of it and if so we can talk numbers okay. now that's the the only reason that i'm giving it a seven is because i believe a second round pick in guaranteed money could we could probably you, be getting the same value if we resign so that's the only reason money you don't have to worry about well, money we have like we, we kind of do I, we have a high cap but we 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 kind of do have to worry about i it. don't like that that is in stipulation of the extension because if it was in stipulation of the extension i would have given it an eight minimum maybe even a nine uh that's five for me if he gets in, if he gets extended, uh, if he doesn't go get down extended. to a five, if he doesn't, it goes down. If I would well, still I know, stay a but seven. I, what I'm saying is, it. is this moment there's no extension on the table. There's the thought process that it could happen, but there is none. So I would have it at a six. If they, he does get extended, it immediately becomes an eight or nine for me. Um, I I awesome. don't like your point with Jalen Johnson, to be honest, because a few things here that we could have got into later, but might as well just get it in now. Jalen, first, there was a few reports that came out after he was been talking about his contract, basically stating that he didn't want to discuss contracts till the end of the year. And then there was an, a subsequent report that came out that said that he wanted to be the first one to get paid because he didn't expect the trade. So it's like it's interesting that Jalen Johnson situation because he didn't get traded. That was a big one. He came out. He had a presser today talking about things. I really hope he gets traded because I do think that having a stud corner will help. But I don't know. He might have dug his hole too deep. I, it, it's 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 just interesting. Polls he did looked, come out and say that 
he values Jalen. He wanted at least a, a end of the first or early second for him. So obviously he's valued, but it's just a matter of will that he be valued enough? Do for you guys feel that well-being? that value is fair though? Because he was given the opportunity to find a trade partner and that didn't happen either. So like I, I don't but agree it, with that standpoint. It did happen. It just didn't meet Poles' requirements. Right. There's a so difference. If, okay. So this is the, the Jim Mercer I mean, argument no, all no, over no, again. No, no, no. It's it's more calculated than that. Do you guys remember Lamar Jackson? Like he was given permission to seek trade in the off season too. I think like a lot of these players are like, I need twenty million dollars. Who wouldn't want twenty million? We all would benefit from twenty million million dollars. But once they start talking to teams, figure out what they are paying, what's the going rate is. They get a good like wake up call, like as to like what the real value is, right? And I, that's why I think he'll stick take up because that's what Lamar did. He got paid. He he made decent money. He might not have been the highest paid quarterback, but he got paid. I think that's what's gonna end up happening with Jalen. He's here. He knows the system. The defense looks like it'll be better the back half of the year than it was the front half of the year, and that solves a lot of things. I, I hope he resigns I, I for just, that reason. I don't I don't necessarily agree with that stance though because if you are a player and you value yourself as a 20 million dollar guy the team has to come back and say well if you want 20 million we want I don't know again I'm just this is not for real I'm just saying like to make a, a point well we want a first and a third on uh you know with no protections right if a team is going to give that for him and he's negotiating it himself they're going to do it you're going to you're going to do the trade. What my argument is, is he was given that opportunity. Polls flat out said, I want a late first rounder or a second, whether it's this upcoming draft or the following, he wasn't traded. So in my mind and my easy going head is he didn't get what Polls' value was. And hence he was not traded. I, I kind of feel like it was a shitty move by Polls because I feel like he granted him the trade but then after the fact, it came out that basically the Bears valued him higher too high. So it's like he was trying to be all courteous to him, where in the real in real the realization being that he knew he wasn't gonna trade him because no one was gonna be willing to pony it up. So it's almost like I, it I think that's happened. a smart it was move. kind of almost I mean it's smart for polls, but it's also disrespectful okay. for Jalen because he so never really you, had a chance. Okay, you give Jim Ursay the benefit of being a good businessman, but exactly. freaking polls get Why freaking are we still shit talking on. About this? Because you, I, you I, called I, him a I, freaking I, genius. I doing... the... Oh god. How is this any different? How is this any different? How is this any different? Because he doesn't because I Oh, yes, so you're please. comparing him paying a running back to Ryan Poles basically negatively negotiating with Jalen Johnson's life? It's the same concept, though. It's not. It's paying a position. Like, he's in negotiation with a position. No. I no, still no, no. haven't you're heard an argument. Like no, 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 no. No, Chris, hang on. I still okay. haven't heard an argument back. He's just fucking stating the facts again. Well, no, he's giving Tell an argument why. back, but he's, he's not following okay, I don't the understand premise. the correlation, to be honest. He, um, the fuck, the right? issue was, it was, I know, Jonathan Taylor wanted more money. Ursay right. did not want to give him more money. Ursay said, said, find me a trade. You can get traded. Fine, no, but that he was said, never find my me issue. a trade. That was never my yeah. issue. The, the, this conversation revolved around paying running backs. 
It never revolved around his ethical responsibility of finding a trade partner. We never discussed trades with Jonathan Taylor. It was strictly on I supported Ursay's okay. stance and not paying me, running back. So I don't know why this is being brought up. Boopin, Boopin needs to move on to his segment. But I just no, want to ask one question. This is not over. I want to ask one question. I just want to ask one question. I have more stats. Well, hold on. I ha- we, <laughs> no we're cares. already at 36 minutes. I have one question to just ask. What you're, if, if Taylor found a trade partner that was willing oh, to God. pay him what he wanted and the Colts got what they wanted, is, was, would there have been any other issues? Essentially, Ursay got the picks he wanted. Taylor got paid what he wanted. Again, we never discussed trade. I am not. This concept. I, again, I, I'm so I don't giving, know why we're I'm, bringing this up and rehashing this again. But I, it's it's a legit question though. If a trade had occurred because Taylor Taylor got paid and Ursa got what he wanted, would that have been the fair thing to have? Like, is that not both parties being happy? It is. So then why would this wouldn't it's the same exact thing except as a no, different it's not. In a different position. That's it. Okay, okay, you're right. Yes, it is. But it came out after the fact that basically what Poles was asking for was above his value. He That's was the same thing Ursay did. Ursay said they need a first round okay, back then for he was Jonathan smart Taylor. As well. Okay, but that's what that's what I wanted to hear. That's, that's it. I think we, got, think it's, we got the soundbite. The great part about it. I mean, it, it again, we never just, dis- I never disputed the trade aspect of John Ursay or what Jim Ursay. I was just specifically supporting the fact that he didn't want to pay the guy. Right. No, still I, do. I understand that part, but I'm just saying the whole story was he also had the opportunity to find his, his deal. That's all I was trying to say. That's it. Yeah, me too. Me too. I said, the I don't, same circumstance. This bump, whatever. But back to the port point at hand because this is a stupid tangent. Um, Montez it's Sweat, a few things we want, we want to touch on because Chris didn't touch on the article that he literally put out there, but I'll cover it since I kind of read it. Um, one the, the media has come out bashing this trade for a few reasons. Um, one of the reasons was is it's unexpected because the Bears are bottom feeders and his and his contract is expiring at the end of the year. That's one. Um, the second one is, again, giving up a second-round pick. So let me start with number one. Number one, we are bottom feeders of the league, yes. But I think, that, as Boopin stated, it's a future-looking thing that we're going to do. If this trade, if this, if Montez Sweat does not get extended, this trade is worse than the Claypool trade. I will be on point to say that right now. Um but I believe in the next probably 24 to 48 hours, he will get signed to an extension. I do think that's going to happen. But Is that allowed? Um, is that allowed during that time? I don't remember if that was allowed. Yes, it's, it can okay. happen at any time. Um, okay. Jalen just came out and said he wasn't going to talk until the end of the season. But it can happen, I believe, at any time because the, they, there was just a signing um, yeah. with somebody. The but, thing that I wanted to kind of like go over was this part here. You just from... interrupted my number two. Oh, my God. Fine. Keep going. I don't remember what my number two was. Yeah, of course. Anyways, um, the thing that I didn't like about the, the Walder. Stop talking. What is it, my number two? Second round pick was too high for him. Oh, well, if you want to help him, he's not making. I don't think that was my number two, was it? Um, so you know how in a football game they track how much time of possession is. If they do this for this podcast, it'll be Miller 30 minutes. One of the biggest fucking moves that we've made, man. He is a good defensive end. He is rated. He is rated third 
overall by PFF as a run defender in the NFL for defensive ends. Hit this stat before we move on. One of seven players to record five plus sacks in the last five seasons. And his possession just, no, his possession just went up. He's eighty-two percent now. Yeah. Chris Jones, Miles Garrett, TJ Watt, Khalil Mack, Max Crosby, and Brian Burns. He's got Thanks. six and a half sacks this year. Expect double digits with the Bears. It's a good move. I'm excited. Get this extension done so I can give this trade a nine. Thank yeah. you. Me, me too. This is a great trade. Like again, unexpected. Let's get him signed. Future looking move. I love it. Well, um, to bring the possession back to me and Chris, uh, I'm going to take over to the podcast and we're going to talk about Boo Pens. Don't stop believing fantasy corner. Um, you know, I got to say that because this is the middle of the season, right? Um, some teams are probably on their way and they don't care, but middle of the pack, bottom of the pack teams, come on, don't stop believing. You can do it. You know, hang in there. To help you with that, um, just wanted to like flag some big injuries for you. Get, have some new starters as well that I want to talk about. Um, first off, Dar- Darren Waller, tight end from the Giants. His injury might be significant. Keep an eye out for that. He may be out multiple weeks. Jonathan Taylor, who you know famously got paid. Uh, Miller hates it, but um, the he supposedly has a knee injury. He dominated the first half, had only one carry in the second half. So keep an eye out for that. Zach Moss might be having a bigger role in the next couple of games coming up. Um, Kenneth Walker, the starting running back from the Seattle Seahawks, he has been, it is an agony in soft to the injury that he's working through. Those are pretty bad for wide receiver and running backs. Um, Zach Charbonnet, keep him in the radar too. A um, couple of new starters, Miller hinted at this. Um, Jaron Hall is starting from Minnesota. Uh, Dobbs is in this week. Taylor Heineke is starting for Atlanta, and O'Connell, Aiden O'Connell, is starting for the Raiders. A um, couple of weird uh, fan injury news. Watson Pickett and Daniel Jones are all back to practice, so all signs good there. Uh, some shady quarterback situations to keep an eye on. Uh, the Cardinals, God knows who's going to start. Um, could be the rookie, could be Kyler. Rams, Stafford has an injury, supposedly is day-to-day. I was going to throw the Bears in there, but we know who's going to t- start for the Bears there. But that's what it is. Um, some some concern there, uh, proceed with cautions. But um, had a question for you guys, if you guys are willing to play. Um, can you, uh, like the number of starter and quarterbacks this season, who's played meaningful snaps so far? Okay? There's a number there. Oh, God. Um, it's like, what do you think is the number of starting quarterbacks that's played meaningful snaps for an NFL team this year so far? G- give me a number, I'll say over or under, and the second person can guess. Uh, like, number of starting quarterbacks that have played meaningful snaps for an NFL team this year so far. I am. Okay. How are we figuring this can out? Can you just say, like, 200 snaps or something? Fuck. Uh, 22. Per There's game 32 for the teams. season. There's 32 teams. So each team had less than one quarterback start. That's not what that's not what I understood the question to be. Okay. What? How many quarterbacks have played? All right, let's just say played for 
an NFL team. So like there's been injuries everywhere, right? Oh, so how many saying, you're, you're okay, saying how many, how many quarterbacks have played in the league? Have this started year? in the game. Have started yeah, in a game. Well, not started, played in a game. Like played meaningful snaps. Like like Miller said, a good number of snaps oh. in the game. Not like oh kneel downs and none of that. Like forty just, just to give fifty four. Higher. Sixty eight. Sixty five. Like already through week eight. That's why I wanted to say it's like it's a devastating quarterback situation, is what I wanted to point out. Sorry if that was not clear. But um since we're in the mid midpoint season, boys. <laughs> he sorry, wanted I'll, more I'll time on the mic. He wanted more time on the mic. This is what I do. Come back to me. Come back to me. Okay. Since it's the mid midpoint-ish season of a point of the season, I kind of wanted to pull the quarterbacks too. And um uh, kind of give you guys an idea of who's Who's in the top ten in the quarterback, wide receiver, running back, and tight end room? Um, Miller, um, freaking Chris is giving away my secrets. But in four points, uh, touchdown points per game, uh, here's the order of quarterbacks: Jared, uh, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, number two, Herbert three, Jackson four, Mahomes is five, Tua is six, Kirk Cousins is seven, Howell is eight. From Washington Commanders, the one Chris couldn't name. Justin Fields is nine, and Jared Goff is ten. Uh, you know what I learned from all that, boys? If your first name starts with a J, there's a good chance you're a top ten quarterback in the NFL. That's what I learned. True. But any names surprising to you guys? Any names you don't think will like probably stay there, will fall off the rest of the year? Any any notes on your end? Well, Justin Fields will fall off. That's pretty much for sure. Um, Sam Howell will probably fall off. The two names yeah. on there that and Kirk Cousins are gonna fall off. So you know what? This list is gonna change quite a bit the next few weeks. Yeah. Couple of couple of names to keep an eye out there if you guys are need of a quarterback. Dak, Burrow, and Kyler, who are not on the list, I feel like will finish the season more strong and they'll make it to the top ten. Like Miller said, a couple of people will likely fall off. I don't think Kyler's uh, making it, bro. Just a hunch. Just a hunch here. Um, in terms of wide receiver. Seven games. I, I, I said what I said. Uh, this is per game average, though. You know, like, so if he has a good couple games, I feel like he Oh, it's, I thought. Uh, oh. I thought it was the points most someone's not paying league. attention because they didn't work on the agenda. So, but continue. This wasn't done when I did the agenda for the record. Uh, we are all taking shots at each other, but you know who's taking good shots at the wide receiver position? Tyreek Hill. He's what like a transition. Okay, buddy. I see you. <laughs> three points above the above Brown, who's number two. He's just been on fire this season. Number two is AJ Brown. Justin Jefferson, uh, you know, who's out a couple weeks, still is in number three. Diggs at that four. Keenan Allen, who's who's had ups and downs, is at number five. Chase is at number six. Thielen, surprising, at number seven. Um, St. Brown, uh, Lions, number eight. CD is number nine. And Miller's favorite player, Pupa Nakua, I hope that's how you say his name, is at number 10. Um, again, Thielen being there was surprising to me, but... Nakua, right? Rookie there. Incredible, but that's the list. Uh, again, any names you think will come into this list, any names you don't think will make sustain this the rest of the year, feel free to chime in now. 
Thielen and Puka. Bye bye. Uh, I could I could see Diggs probably going down. He D- Diggs. Yeah. Oh God, no one your fantasy team sucks. <laughs> Better than yours. Did you even? Oh, keep going. I don't want to. Actually, uh, it's not. I don't want to keep giving Miller more time. I'm, I'm two and zero in my last <laughs> two games in my defeated team, so I'm two and six or whatever. Similarly, on running back front, McCaffrey is like probably clear of everybody. Kamara, surprising number two. Etn, who's been a freaking stud. Is at number three. Mostert is at four. Kyron Williams, Miller zero, who's hurt right now, is at number five. Moss, surprisingly, number six. Montgomery, my hero, is at number seven. Uh, Kenneth Walker, number eight. Barkley, number nine. Eckler, who's been out a while, um, is at number 10. Um, There's lots of big names missing there. Derek Henry, who we're used to seeing there. A-Chan, who's just like been on fire whenever he's been on the field. Brees Hall injured. He's he's coming back, I feel like. And Gibbs, Jameer Gibbs, was missing. But again, pretty amazing list there, too. And it gives I me an idea. One one thing here. I don't I think David Montgomery is gonna fall on this list. I think Jameer Gibbs had his coming out party this last week. And I think that the fans have gotten to the point where they're not gonna let David take the majority of the snaps anymore. I think they want to okay. see this rookie play. And I think he's going to start taking over shares similar to what Brees did to Dalvin in, in New York. Basically, it's going to get to the point where they're not going to deal with his bullshit anymore. I I see your point, Miller. But if they keep winning, I feel like this trend will continue. But no, exciting things to look into. Um, the tight landscape, the first three names are pretty normal. Kelsey, Andrews, and Hawkinson. The rest of the list is anybody's guess. You guys will probably see a familiar name at number six. Laporta from the Lions is number four. Kittle is number five from the 49ers. Cole Komet coming at number six. Logan Thomas, the freaking corpse of Logan Thomas, is still playing tight end, and he's at number seven. Ingram is at eight. Goddard is at nine. Waller is at ten. Um, again, a couple of big names to keep a name eye out for. That would probably make the list the rest of the year. Kincaid, I think, is on the rise. Ferguson on Dallas is on the rise, and McBride on the Cardinals, I think will be on the rise as well. But uh, yeah, like we are in the midpoint of the season, just trying to point out who's doing well and who you can keep an eye on for the rest of the season here. That was very informative. Thank you, buddy. Got it. Hey, I, I, I love doing this. I love doing this. All right. Uh, we will move on to uh, the Bears part of this program. Uh, people... Have their pitchforks ready. I heard there's going to be some debates and discussions. I will likely be a moderator at all of that, but no, we are. No, I think we're in the same page here. We might yeah. be. Um, I'm, I'm kind of vibing something, but I think I'm going to say what I think it is. But you want to segue? Segue is in there, Boopin. Yeah. Um. So we Bears, like you know, had a past conference. Miller's reference a couple points. Um. It was supposed to be Montez Sweat Day in Chicago. We're supposed to talk about him coming here, what that means, and maybe if we overpaid, underpaid, what his role is going to be, blah, 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 blah. But I think Luce took a total of three questions on that, and most of them, uh, the press conference, he had to focus on um, the running back coach that we got rid of, David Walker. Um, you know, this is concerning um, to – this should be concerning to Chicago fans because – this is the second coach we've lost this season, and uh, Flues was a big part of bringing this coach. Hey, Boopin, can you explain what happened? 
Yes, absolutely. I was hoping you guys would jump in and do that. I was going to set you guys up, but I'm happy to. Um, so Flus um, and the team, um, President and uh, Pulse, uh, all decided that due to behavior issues, our running back coach, David Walker, was would no longer be with the team. Um, they didn't go into specifics what the behavior concerns were, but they made a point to say that it was not a culture fit and for the greater good, for the team, safety, whatever, whatever, they had to get rid of him was the idea. I was going to correlate that to, um, you know, our surprising letting go of our old defensive coordinator. Um, you know, culture has been a word that's been thrown around a lot. Um, you know, it was it was brought up when we didn't um, draft Jalen Carter, who's, who's, you know, who's doing great things and Eagle in that great O-line. So just, just that word culture and maybe talk about Flus a little bit, right? What do you guys think about he brought this thing here, like this team together, and there's like two solid pieces of this team have been let go the rest of the year. What do you guys think about this move in general or the culture he has in Chicago? I like how you so... steal my one-liner. And then you ask me what I think. Well, I appreciate that. Hold Thank on, you. because I... no one, no one follows the agenda that I worked so hard in. I wanted <laughs> to start. You don't know how to make the agenda. I wanted to start by giving a statement regarding what happened, and then lead to something. But we're kind of we're almost at an hour already, and so we're an hour at fifty-three minutes. Just talk. Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, I didn't catch the full press conference um but there's two things that i did not like obviously we kind of talked about it and i kind of want to reference it here in the article um the chicago media kind of did a good job of asking some questions to kind of see where where everything was at um there was a couple points where uh the coach was basically saying like with two coaches evaluated and vetted now not meeting the standard like what's what's the whole point of that uh flus then kind of says i would say the responsibility is there because i'm the head football coach i would also say that the standard has to be met right and when it's not met you make the decision we did that okay fair enough you think that he was not good for the culture right but then this is what pissed me off the question came and it says in this article by nbc sports chicago so i'm not entirely sure if if how it, the, this question may have been brought up says Iberflus prides himself on the culture he is creating in Chicago. Despite the staff turmoil and his misevaluation of Walker and Williams, Iberflus maintains the culture is rock solid. He's quoted saying, absolutely not. Absolutely not. If the Bears have a culture problem, the culture in our building is outstanding. If it was outstanding, why did you feel the need to fire the guy? That, to me, is a big key indicator that Flus will not be here next year. This also means to me that he's losing the locker room. And while everyone's trying to put up that brave face, that stuff is not, you know, happening or we're trying to keep things uh, in house. You don't say that you had a guy that was not good for the culture or that was not a benefit to the team. And then all of a sudden say, yeah, our culture is still rock solid. We have a great foundation. What are you foundation. supposed to say? You Come don't on. say that. Yes, you, you don't do. say That's that. That's what you do when you're no. a head coach. No, you, you do not. You feed the bullshit. That's what you do. Okay. You can't sit out there okay. and say the culture is awful. 
I need to work I, on it. Yeah, I know we're fired next week. It's I like know we're going long. Bullshit. He's I know we're for going his job. I want to take possession back. Shut up, Miller. Um. Okay, Chris. I'll ask you this question, right? Yeah. Um. There's two. There's two ways to handle this, right? One, like the whole um, Gruden thing in Vegas, right? They these things were happening. You may have known about it, not known about it. Then it comes out in media, and then you take action, right? That's that's option one. Option two is this, where you know maybe what's happening. We didn't hear what happened with the defensive coordinator. There are some rumors. Same thing here, behavioral issues. You don't know what's going on, right? I think this was there's a no-win situation for the Bears. If it had come out in the media, they would have looked bad. What a shitty organization. They don't know what they're doing. It came out now. They reacted appropriately, or they, they did the right thing, let's say, and they still look bad, right? It's not a winning situation. I, when you were first talking, wanted to, like, bash the coach and be like, you take ownership. This is your problem. You fix it. But, like, the more you were talking, I was thinking, like, what else could he have done? Like, reminds that's me a, of, like, some that's of That's a valid point. So I just want to bring this up, and then we'll finally hand the ball off to Miller because you can see he's seething over there. <laughs> I don't really have much. Well, this is the statement that the Raiders gave regarding the firing of, of McDaniels. After much thought about what the Raiders need to move forward, I have decided to part ways with Josh and Dave. I want to thank them both for their hard work and wish them and their families nothing but the best. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Like I, there, there's don't bring up anything regarding the culture and saying, they "Well, did this it. guy." He didn't. The freaking media did, dude. It's still the same thing. If you're like, listen, it's not the culture. He just wasn't doing what we needed him to do. And if they ask what it was, hey, we, we're keeping that internal. That's it. <gasps> Dude, you're so naive. Come on, look at this. The media has been grilling them for months because all this team has done is lose. He's like, what, 5-20 and 20 with his tenure with the Bears? Like, all he's done is lose. The culture is affected by losing. Not only that, is you now have the second coach fired for whatever whatever it's behavior issues or hr issues and all this guy done is preached culture of course that word's gonna come up you can't sit here and he knows his job's on the line like come on he's five and 20 who wouldn't you can't sit there as a head coach and say the culture sucks <laughs> we're gonna get better from here like come on that's stupid he's gotta feed also the also he's play the game also, when I said Vegas, I was actually referring to Gruden, like what three go three years ago. You know, oh, the whole but that's scandal. a different. That's a whole. In, that's a scandal of us that was eventually leaked. I, that's different. I I think I in in my head, like the way these things are coming out in succession. That's how I'm picturing it. Is something behind the scene that's problematic. That's probably not going to look good. And then they're just getting in front of it. It was my idea of how they're dealing with it, but I could be totally wrong. I'm just speculating. Here. My my thing, and and then we'll we'll transition to what actually matters, which is Bear Saints here. My thing is, you know, your job's on the line. Miller just said losing creates a bad culture too. You're five and twenty. You've lost more than other teams. Combine whatever you want to say to make the stat look worse because that's what's the worst he coach in Chicago Bears history. Just there you go. That. I didn't want to go that far, but thank you very much, Miller. And you're telling me, yeah, the culture's great. 
We're having a fucking oh blast God, in there. Dude. Miller, he do I need to read what he said? Li- do I need no, to read no. what he says? What am I supposed to say? Chris, Chris he, said, he said, he said, quote, unquote, he says, quote, unquote, our culture is awesome. That's literally <laughs> what he's quoted <laughs> saying right there. Say? Our culture is okay. awesome. You're Chris, fucking five you. and 20. Oh, my Chris, God. question for you. Question for you. If yeah. you were in his place, what would you say? Nothing. You're five and twenty. You can't 20. do that. You're at the. You're five and twenty. Hey. Okay, you gotta pull up How Bill you... Belichick. Fuck, that's what We're exactly to... what I was gonna say. Bill Belichick can literally sit there and be like, "Yeah, Taylor Swift, she fucking he performed have in the rain." To be fine as Taylor Swift performed Bill in the rain. Belichick she did amazing. Does. How do you know Taylor Swift? Fuck you. Don't ask me how I know Taylor Swift. Next, <laughs> next question. That's basically what he does. You can be a coach and fucking the coach for Pittsburgh. He has that thing. Like we're keeping it in house. He never leaked anything about Antonio Brown or. Nothing that happened with that team. And there were reports after the fact that Antonio Brown was a shit show. You're telling me the Bears are not capable of doing that? You're talking about good coaches. You realize that? Thank you. That's all I was trying to say. Good Good coaches don't say bad shit. Good coaches keep their fucking mouth shut. Good stable ownership. Like, you know, they've been like the whatever. Rooney's have been very freaking pillars of NFL for a while. But talking about football, let's preview. The Bears matchup in week nine. The Bears are taking on the Saints. The line is New Orleans minus eight and a half. Jesus Christ. Over under is um, 41 and a half. Saints, four and four, tied for division lead, are coming off a 38 to 27 win in Indy, are taking on the Bears, who are two and six, worse in the division, after a primetime loss to the Chargers 30 and 13. Tyson Bajant, Miller's favorite player, Came back to earth after an incredible debut win at home against the Raiders. Now, here's the like we can talk about a couple of different things. I want to throw it to you guys. What are you looking for this week? Right, last week was a freaking oh, we got embarrassed on national TV, even though we expected it. It was still hard to see them lose. Uh, what are you expecting happens this Sunday, Chris? I didn't want to go first. I want to say, what am I expecting? I'm expecting Eberflus to be fired after next week. The same fucking thing. That's what I'm expecting. I don't know. I don't know what to expect. I don't know. I'm just... Well, I think we talked about it a little bit too, Miller, in our live stream, which sadly we couldn't upload due to uh, internal shit that I couldn't figure out. Or sorry, the producer couldn't figure out. Um, Damn CJ. Fucking CJ. Um, Field is out, right? It's been confirmed. Uh, Badgent is starting, so... I mean, it's an indoor location. There seems to be a couple Bears fans in that stadium sometimes when the Bears play. I mean, who knows? Um, oh, it's fun city to go to. <laughs> we always Very good lose time. New Orleans and New Orleans. <laughs> yeah. A um, couple of things we can talk about. Um, our def- our um, run team ranks fairly decent. We are sixth in the league. In the league. Wait, um, we're sixth? And we fired the running back coach. Fucking interesting, if you tell me. I mean, we were we were fifth probably the week prior, so maybe you got fired because we went hey, from fifth to sixth. Chris, he was but... talking about defense. He wasn't talking about. Offense. Oh, I heard running. My bad. <laughs> Thank you. If you I'm look just, at I'm the, I'm gonna go over here. I'm gonna go over here. <laughs> okay. Um. So like, their defense, their like their uh, run defense ranks in the mid middle of the league, fifteenth best. Uh, they do allow the league's seventh best 
190 yards, passing yards. Uh, they have held their opponents to under 20 points in average this season. So it'll be like our running game will probably get a little bit of a breathing room, but our passing game, I think, will be stifled down, which we don't have a lot of anyway. So that'll be the interesting matchup, in my opinion. While we can run on them, I don't think they give up a lot of yards. I don't think any running back has rushed for like 100 yards so far on them. Um, let's see. What else is happening? Uh, I think our secondary will be tested because okay, we did. Okay. Can I just interrupt? Why the fuck should we watch this game? Just a question. Why? Man, I honest, why are you reading my mind today, Miller? <laughs> why are you reading my mind? Listen, like no offense to Boop and Boop, and I love hearing you talk stats and everything. No, I, we are I contractually ob- obligated to watch this game. <laughs> well, um, but we? what I'm saying, listen, listen. Th- there's not enough blue chew in the world to get me hard for this game. Okay, like. This is what I'm trying to say. I'm not excited. Like it's it's a two and six team against a four and four team that's tied for first in the south. Like we're dog shit. I mean, I don't know what more to say. It's just it is what it is. It's like last week we had that badge factor, but it's like we all knew he was probably gonna come down to earth a little bit. It's it's crashing. okay to watch, but it's messy. It's I mean, I guess the one thing that we have to go for now is Montez Sweat. You can watch him because he's supposed to play. So maybe we see some impact on that defensive line. Maybe we can get to the quarterback. But it's just fucking depressing watching this defense play lately. Like, they can't even touch the quarterback. He just sits back there and throws all the day. And he throws touchdowns after touchdowns after touchdowns. Dump off, dump off, dump off. And they just keep running the ball all the way down the field. So it's just depressing watching this team. Screen, screen. The bottom line is Derek Carr is on a heater. I mean, yes. before two weeks ago, you could say that he was on. He was a shitter. But he's Jesus got. Christ. he's turned it up lately. So we'll see if that continues against our defense in the secondary that was consistently praised but has fucking disappointed. But um, I don't know. I'm just down on this team. The culture. Fucking Jalen Carter can't even draft his ass. But culture. Bullshit. Um, it's fine. It, it, I just, I'm struggling to find meaningful ways to watch football. Because yep. it's like, I think we all, although we're going to, me and Chris have sat here, talked highly about Tyler Tyson Bajan. I think we realize that he's probably not our future next year. Yeah. So that means that we realistically probably don't have a quarterback that we're going to have next year, this year. So it's like, what is the point of watching these? I will say, I will say, and I I do want your opinion on this guys. And then we could probably wrap it up because this game, if ESP, if, if what is this a noon game on Fox? Thank God. If noon, if if Fox can flex the game out and just say (laughs) saints win, I'd be okay with that. But this is the point that I want to ask you guys. Is there enough room to see development with Fields if you're a still losing team? If Fields, and I'm talking future. So, I know we're talking about this game. I get it. I'm, I'm kind of changing it. But, like, assuming we lose, because I, we're going to talk predictions here in a little bit, too. Assuming that we lose and we have to go through this whole bullshit again to see if Fields is even ready to play. Are we at the point where we're still waiting to see pro- progress from Fields? Or are we out? I, I'll start. I, I think I'll start. Have... Damn it. Okay. Moving so, to this time. It's fine. 
Okay, so here's what I'm going to say, Chris. Like, yes, I hear you guys. You've been doing this reaction episodes. You've been watching all the games closely, and it seems you guys are hurt. I totally hear you guys, right? But, Chris, if we don't expect Fields to, like, show that progression, even if he sucks, it's good. It's I think it's value knowing that he sucks this year, you know? It may be painful, but that's there's growth in that pain a little bit. So the expectation is he plays the second half whenever he's healthy and does well. You know, keeps progressing, throws some more passing yard like we have seen him do in a couple of the games. You have to believe that, you know, like otherwise it's tough. But even if he plays and sucks, I think there's value there. We move on from him. So I say yes. Miller, what say you? Yeah, I kind of agree. I think Fields adds two elements. One, the fact that he could potentially still be our starter next year. We don't know that we're going to get the number one pick in the draft. We could be stuck there with three and five. And do we really want to trade up for one of these guys? Who knows? We don't know how the draft's going to fall out. But you also have to understand that he could he could also be trade bait for next year. So, like, we'll come to the offseason if he does do well. We don't know what Ryan Poles is thinking right now. He could be already like, I'm trading him no matter what happens in the offseason and I'm drafting the quarterback. He could also be, maybe he doesn't know. He could also be maybe he's going to keep him. There's a lot of things at play, but the bottom line is Tyson Bajan doesn't give us that intrigue. Justin Fields does. He can still come on the field. He's a valuable starting quarterback in the league. So like him not playing and Tyson Bajan playing, like you have that factor, but it's just like, it's just hard to watch the defensive line prior to this acquisition play the game. And it's just frustrating to watch. The defense play the game. It's like we've beaten Hoyer and we've beaten another crap team. The Washington Redskins that apparently had aspirations. We're not going to get into that. But like, it's just, I don't know. It's It's just tough to find motivation in this game to watch it. And we all will with one eye, maybe. But <laughs> um, hey, red zone, red zone, boys. That's how you do it. Oh, I've been living off the of red zone lately. Um, he's, he's a, I, you? who, um, hey, talk to me. This is therapy. Come on, talk it no, out. No, it's not did, therapy. Listen, where, where did Miller where did hit the a, Bears hurt you? Where did it Miller? Hurt you? Where did it... I mean, they they traded one of the goats. They they got or not even traded. They let Trubisky go. But that's beside. But that's a different conversation. Um, but I I will say you guys have kind of did. You guys have turned me a little bit on 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 the fields of what to expect. Um, Miller said a point that I, I was ready to fight, and I would say I'm kind of tired of fields, and I would kind of want to keep him healthy for next year to keep his job. But the fact that um, essentially we're saying trade bait could be could be something that I could see the the Bears interested in doing. The my only concern is, and again, I'm I hate talking in this way because it's a future thing. It's you know, the coach being still here and this poll still here, like we're going to have another transition coach where a quarterback is going to go through another coach and then another coach, like no, it's like a new coach, quarterback, be. new coach, quarterback. So no, um, there won't be, this will, this will be, this will be the trend. The, this will be the, 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 the coach quarterback marriage. I, I, mean, uh, I mean, even though we didn't touch on this, sorry, just tangent. We didn't touch on this, but polls came out and he said, he, gave confidence towards Eberflus and said he still believes in him. Again, it's Chris. This is what you call coach speak, okay? It's bullshit. It better be bullshit because Eberflus better be out. It's fucking Chris, I, I remember, I can't remember who was who said it, 
but I think someone was like, so is the coach going to get like let go? And I think one of the answers, I don't remember what league, I don't remember what sport, but one of the answers is everything's on the table. And that's, Shanahan. that was it. Was it Shanahan? Kyle Shanahan. He said, like, someone was like, do you know Garoppolo is going to play Sunday? And he's like, who knows what's going to happen? I may walk out of here and get hit by a bus or something. Yeah, or <laughs> like everything's on the table. Like, that's kind of the answers that I would be like, fuck, that's coach talk. But you know what? It's coach talk that's in every media. And then you can then just start speculating. That's perfect. But now that you're kind of questioning cultures or you're, or, okay, not questioning, but you know what I'm saying? Like, we can now question cultures because of what we're seeing occur in front of us. What yeah. is at, no. it's what's it, the stuff that's written in the media is making it worse if you're quoted. What one more positive I'll give you guys is like, yes, we need to look at Fields or Bajan, whoever our quarterback is, right? Think about Darnell Wright, think about DJ Moore, think about Cole Komet. Like, yes, we need to have a sensible offense, but these people are also being graded and, um, you know, like reviewed every day on every tape. Same thing with the defense, right? You know. Nguakwe is probably on a one-year deal, right? But, um, you know, a couple other people might have longer deals. Jalen Johnson, does he need to be renewed? So, yes, we need to look like a full team, but there's still elements of the team that we're excited to see, you know? Braxton Jones is probably coming back this week. He was a stud no, last week. we haven't heard anything about that. I haven't heard that. I haven't heard that yet, unless it's on Twitter. He was el- he's eligible to come back. This he's week, eligible, but, but I think we haven't. any news about him. Miller hasn't seen the Twitter news yet, which he follows nope. profusely. Um, nope. Hasn't been out nothing there. Nothing on that. So we're going to Fake news, start, Boopin. Fake news. We're going to start wrapping this up a little bit, but we're going to give you guys a small preview of what occurred uh, with our predictions. Miller and Boopin were correct. I believe you both said loss um that that was going to occur i was probably going to change it to a loss but beforehand i did keep it as a w so we'll keep it as a w um but i think you guys can have my back and i did kind of say like we're losing like i can i leave but i'll still take the l as far as the prediction goes why you're talking about predictions at the beginning of the year when we don't have our fucking quarterback but whatever whatever it's fine we're gonna move move forward with this uh, that now leaves Miller leading the trio of positivity with one, two, three, four, five wins. I am second with four, and uh, or not wins, but correct predictions. Boopin getting in the back with three. So now we move to New Orleans. Boopin prediction with an L. I say 28-17 Saints. Wow, okay, interesting. Uh, Miller? Loss. Do you want to give a score or just a loss? 24-13. Saints. 24-13 Saints. Uh, I'm going to say 34-14 Saints. Uh, one, like thing, one thing uh, that was very interesting when I was going through the list, because for our listeners, we, we created the agenda a while back, and I kept the list. Miller put in that Carr improves this team. And Miller, just to kind of bring this back to you, and then we'll wrap it up. Are the Saints where you think they are, like where you th- thought they would be back then, or do you think they're overachieving or underachieving so far with a four and four record? I think they're well with the four and four with the okay. with the record. I think they are achieving what I thought they would achieve, but like overall, Derek Carr has definitely underperformed. I thought he was going to be better. I thought he was a better quarterback. And Chris Olave hasn't been used enough, but they've just they've been skating by. They've been lucky. They got Ed Kamara back. 
which was a big move. They got him. They got Chris Olave, who's a stud wide receiver, and they got Michael Thomas. So they got the weapons. But overall, I think that team's a little underachieving. But 4-4 four and four is about the record that I, I thought they would be. I just thought they would be a little more dynamic. And Boopin, yeah. you had your hand uh, up. Yeah, so um, I th- they're leading the division, right? That's at some. No, they're tied. They're tied. Yeah, so, so they're tied for division lead. But what I was want to say, you guys ready for this? The Saints were who we thought they were, or what it is. The Saints were exactly who we thought they were. That's all I had to say. I, I don't. I don't, get, I don't get the I don't reference. get it either. I don't. I don't that, get it. That, all right. That, Hang on, Open. that Arizona coach that like. Well, I, I know where we from, know where that's coming from, but like we don't point. know why you decided to use it. But hey, let uh, let's go ahead and get us out of here, Boopin. All right, thank you for listening to us today, people. Hope you had some fun. Hope you brought some positivity into your life. You know, well, we like doing this, so keep those feedback coming. That's how we grow together. Maybe someday in the near future, we'll bring some positivity into your life. But until then, we'll suffer in this misery together. Thanks again for listening to us. On that positive note, have a great night.